0: what do you see here? <laughs> if we could turn that off, that would be really great. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe not. Um, hey, welcome again. I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, I'm Matt, pastor here at Midtown West. And uh, this morning we're starting a new series just a little three-week series in January and this is usually a time if you've been a part of Midtown for a while this is when most congregations do like a vision series and kind of re-up on like who are we and where are we going and all that and uh, this year our this little series is called Wide Awake and and here's why it's called that it's um, was inspired by one of my favorite songs called Bad and it's a song about the singer has a good childhood friend who is a heroin addict. And he's kind of singing to him, but also he's singing as his friend who is the addict. And it's it's beautiful, it's also gut-wrenching. And uh, he says, you know, as the addict, he says, if I could, you know I would, I would let it go, surrender. And then he says, as the friend, if I could, through myself, set your spirit free, I'd lead your heart away into the light into the day to let it go. And then he says, the, the addict says, I'm wide awake, I'm not sleeping. So basically what's happening is they're recognizing their powerlessness. The, the, the friend is saying, man, if I, if I could save you from this, I would. I see it, but I can't do anything about it. I love you, but I can't do anything about it. And the friend is saying, I actually see it too, and if I could do anything about it, I would and so it's this cry for somebody please does anyone have the power to come and, and save me from this thing that I see uh, but I can't do anything about and you know it's it speaks to me it speaks to us is that we're, we're all like that we're all addicts on some level and it's it's basically what is being said in Romans 13 11, the time has come for you to wake up from sleep For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And I came across this this series of questions from Eugene Peterson, and he's, you know, these questions are kind of waking the sleeper. It says, is this a real life or just some cheap imitation passed off on me? Is what I am doing and saying my own or just borrowed from people who know less than I do about who I am and what I am for? Is God skillfully shaping and wisely guiding my life, or have I set my untutored, have I let my untutored whims and infantile sins reduce me to the lowest common denominator? Is this the way that I want to spend the rest of my life? And so as we start this new year together in this community, um, we are called to be wide awake. and I was thinking about what are the things that I really feel like, We are called to be wide awake, too. What are the things that we need to bring out into the light and ask the Lord to do something about, to do something with? And so this week, uh, we're talking about what it is. You know, all of these questions are, where do I find life and where do I think I'm going to find life? And one place that we think we're going to find life is in being our own master. If I can just be autonomous, if I can be my own master, then everything is going to be great, and that's where I'm going to find life. And we also think uh, if I can accumulate as much as I can, if I can get as much as I can for myself, wealth, resources, people, whatever it is, but if I can accumulate as much as I can, that's where I'm going to find life. And then if I can minimize inconvenience and cut out difficult people from my life, uh, that's where I'm going to find life. And so the first this week is we talk about what it is to, you know, who's, who is our master? Um, and if I'm my master, then that's, that leads into the two other weeks that we're going to talk about. If I'm my master, I think I'm going to find life by gathering as much wealth as I can and cutting out as many difficult and inconvenient people and situations as I can. But uh, Jesus actually comes. That is, that is me believing what the world is selling. And Jesus comes and says something very different. He actually says the opposite to all three of those things. Um, and so this series today is not a call to New Year's resolutions. It's not a call to really like get our stuff together and go for it because we don't have the power. We, we maybe can see it. That's our, that's our job is to see that we're addicts and to know who to cry out to and ask him to help us do this thing that we are powerless to do in our own power. And so uh, here we are. And so um, who's reading our passage, Corey? Corey, if you'll come up, man. While Corey's coming up, uh, we're going to be in Luke. All of these, these next three weeks are going to come from Luke. Uh, today is Luke 14, 25 through 33.
1: Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me, And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Father, we come to you this morning and we say uh, we want to be wide awake to this. We want to be wide awake to who our masters are. And, and we want to be wide awake to uh, where life is and how to find it. And we want to see you as you are. And we want to know you for who you really are, not who we think you are, who we've been told you are. Lord, would you please come and show yourself to us in a powerful way? Would you please, by the power of your spirit, do what only you can do? And open our eyes to the reality of life, of who we are, who you are, our desperate need of you, your deep, deep love for us. And would you do that now as we, uh, as we get into this passage? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, wide awake to our, our masters. Um, something that I hear you all say a lot, I can say it too, is uh, ask how you're doing and what's going on. Uh, the, one of the most common responses I get is, man, I'm just so tired. I'm so worn out. And it made me think of a time in college where... Um, I was running late to this meeting and then I was gonna leave the meeting early to go to another meeting of some other thing. And when I was leaving the meeting that I'd come late to, this guy who was just so nice and so gentle and did not mean anything by this, he was like, oh, you gotta leave? I'm like, yeah, I got this other thing I gotta go to. He said, wow, man, you're kind of everywhere and nowhere all at once. Yeah, (laughs) I felt like that. It's like just this dart that just pinned me to the wall, and why was I everywhere and nowhere all at once? And as I reflected on that this week, I think the answer is that I was trying to be my own master, because there were so many things that I thought that I needed to be, so many things that I wanted to be, you know, so many things that we want to be. That's why we're tired, we're exhausted. We're trying to be fun, successful, also want to be spiritual i want to be good i want to be talented i want to be deep and authentic and desirable and all these things want to be special but if i need to be all these things and i need you to tell me that i am these things and those things are always in flux that I'm left as like behind the mixing board of my life, just trying to manage everything. All the decisions of what am I involved in? What am I giving my time to? Who am I surrounding myself with? What am I aiming for? Uh, It's just this endless cycle. Um, And I was thinking this week about just the countless self-help books that are out there, the self-improvement books. And, you know, it's like the Atomic Habits and the I don't know just I feel like there's a new one every week and one I heard of recently is uh, that basically all of our problems could be solved if we just breathe through our nose only I don't know if anybody's heard of this um, I w- okay I would actually challenge you to try that and see if your life is completely better um, I'm guessing no but you know it's like we read all those books we take in all these podcasts all this information where we're kind of the manager of our own lives and and we're Our brand manager, and I want you to just stop for a second and think have any of those books or resources or voices actually changed you in any deep, transformative way? And I think the answer is no. I think we feel good for a few weeks because we feel like we've got some secret knowledge that. A million other people have who saw this book on the bestseller list um, but then it just kind of fades back to who we are and the thing about being my own master is it is a crushing weight that I cannot stand up underneath it, it will destroy me not only will I be worn out and be tired but I'll be a lot of other things too and I will begin to slowly unravel and become less and less human as time goes on. And so now we're going to get into this passage. And, and just what is Jesus, Jesus is going to say something to us here in this place. And what is he going to say? And, you know, it, it's to, to pick up where we are in, in the story of his life on earth. Um, he has, he has shown himself to be special. He is unique. He is doing things that are amazing. He's saying things that are amazing, and he has garnered a following, and there are a lot of people following him, and it says here that as the crowds were following him, people just flocking to him, and they're like us. They're hungry. They're looking for life. They're looking for answers. They see this man who holds promise for them, and they come give themselves to him, and look at how free he is. You know, he turns and, and says, he's about to say something to these people that you would never say if you needed followers. Like what he is about to say is like the most difficult backwards reverse game that I could imagine. Um, and that should let us know that we could maybe trust this guy, that look at how free this man is. He, d- he doesn't need something from these people. Um, He is is being guided by something else other than the voice of the crowd or the voice of the world or even himself. He's not like us who are really vampires, (laughs) who just suck out of other people um, all that we need to feel good about ourselves and then just leave them. This man is different from us in that way. So the first thing he says is, I don't need you. I'm actually here because you need me. And not only do you need me, you need to apprentice me. You need to give your life to me. You need to give yourself completely to me and submit to me and let me be your master. You're like, wow, this guy is full of himself. And he doesn't stop there. And you cannot be my disciple. You cannot be my follower if you don't hate your father and mother your spouse and children, brothers and sisters, even your own life. Okay. Who is this guy? And that that word that he uses there for hate, um, it it can mean hate the way that we use the word hate. But it can also mean um, comparatively, to love less than. And, And we know from the rest of Jesus' teaching that he calls you to love all of those people. So he's, he's not calling us to actually hate these people that are closest to us. But uh, another definition of this word is to postpone in love or esteem. So maybe think about it like this. Um, my mom and dad want this for me, but I'm going to pause and ask what Jesus wants for me. Or this is how my wife or my husband thinks about this thing. Jesus, what do you think about this thing? This is what my children want. Jesus, what do you want? And then the the scariest one of all, this is what I want. But before I act on that, Jesus, what do you want? Like, he is the, the lone voice. He is the lone master that we have our eyes trained on him. We are following him. When I say yes to Jesus and everyone else, then I can't be his disciple by definition because he's not my master. He's just another self-help book. He's just the guy telling me to breathe through my nose and everything's gonna be fine. And if I just do that and have the atomic habits and I wish I could think of other titles of self-help books right now, but if I could do all of those things together and, and I mean, Jesus is spiritual. So he's the guy that I bring in for spiritual stuff. And if I can do all these things and he's saying, no, no, no. Before we even get out of the gate, you need to know that that, no, that's not what it is to follow me. It is either all or nothing. Some is none. And when it's Jesus plus anyone else, then I'm actually my own master. I'm behind the mixing board of my life, and being my own master is freedom. Freedom but it's actually the freedom of the heroin addict. I'm free. And in my freedom, I'm going to run and buy more drugs. And I'm a slave. I'm not free. Um, Augustine said this, Without you, what am I to myself but a guide to my own self-destruction? Jesus in John 12, 25 says this, Whoever loves his life loses it. And if if you've been around the church for a while, that's a really really familiar statement to you. But I want us to stop and think about what he's actually saying here in the context of this conversation that we're having. Whoever loves his life loses it. What he's saying is that if you love your life, if you are trying to find life, if you're trying to be your own master, you're actually going to lose it. You're like, wait, but I'm, I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to find it. That's my priority. And he's saying, translate, there is something broken inside of you that you need help you need someone else outside of yourself to fix because that broken thing inside of you when you love your life and you're trying to find it you're actually going to lose it because of the thing that's wrong in here and I, i just stop and think most of us When you've had no authority in your life, when you've had no one speaking into you, no one forcing you to do things that maybe you didn't even want to do, um, how has that gone for you? Usually not well. I mean, without the authority of school, I'm not gonna learn how to read. I'm gonna play video games and eat Doritos all day. Without the authority of a coach, I'm not gonna get better at a sport or get better without a master to apprentice and some skill, I'm not gonna get better at that skill because I will never get myself there. I always, even in lesser ways, we know this. We need authority outside of ourselves to push us and pull us and call us into things that we would never discover on our own. You know, contrary to what the world is trying to sell us, especially now in this generation, is all of the answers are not in here. None of the answers are in here. When I am, when this, whatever this is, is turned loose... Bad things happen for me. I don't get closer to life. I get further away from life. And Jesus is not finished. I mean, that was hard enough. And now he's saying, wait, hold on. I've got more to say. Not only do I have to be your master, but here's where I'll take you if you choose to follow me. You will carry your cross daily. And if if you're not familiar with the cross, that was in that time, in that culture, uh, the Romans used the cross as this torture device to put people to death. And it was only for the worst criminals. So there was this massive tattoo of shame all over the naked people hanging from the crosses. They're like, these are less than humans. These are scum. So it is this, this device that is intended for shame and suffering and death of the worst kind. And Jesus says, you're gonna get really familiar with that cross, You're going to have to deal with it every single day and follow me into suffering the loss of your comfort, the loss of your earthly treasures, the loss of your reputation, the loss of even your life. You're like, wow. Just imagine being in the crowd and hearing these things. Imagine being where you're sitting right now and hearing these things. Like, okay. Uh, This is not the usual sales pitch for cult leaders to throw out. Usually people promise planets and many virgins, and uh, this is kind of the opposite of all of that. But you have to respect him. And again, this makes us believe that maybe we can trust him because he's not hiding the ball. He's saying, hey, look, before this even gets started, I'm going to tell you exactly where this train is headed. I don't want there to be any surprises. This is where I'm going. I'm going. And if you're going to follow me and apprentice me, you will, by definition, have to go there too with me. And so these, these verses 28 through 32, he's saying, listen, you, you need to consider hard you need to take some time and really intentionally consider whether you want to be my disciple or not. If you try to build a tower without counting the costs, you're going to lack the security of a tower because you won't have one finished, and you're going to lack all of your resources that you spent building half a tower, and you're going to end up with nothing. If you start a war without deliberating whether or not this is a good idea and you can win, You will not be free of your enemies, and you will no longer have your kingdom because they're now in charge of your kingdom. And what Jesus is saying is if you go halfway and turn around, that's actually the worst place that you can be. So please don't start following me if you're not ready to follow me to the end. So now we have to ask, okay, at this point, who would follow Jesus. You have to comparatively hate all of the closest people to you in your life, and not only are you not riding the, the curve up and to the right of success, you're, you're definitely going down the other way. You're moving down towards suffering and death. Who in their right minds would submit to Jesus as their only master? Who would follow him into the loss of reputation and suffering and death? Remember, we're looking for life. Why would we choose him to be our master? And the answer is that the person who would follow this man into death is someone who has come to the end of themselves and to the end of this world. Someone who's lived enough life to see, I actually don't have all the answers in here and neither do the people around me. And this world actually doesn't have that much to offer me. Maybe I've tasted a little of the success that I've been longing for and it's just empty. I'm hungry. I'm tired, I'm lost, you know what, I'll go, I'll follow this guy. It's like this, there's an old movie called First Night, has anybody seen that movie? Richard Gere is Lancelot, no, okay, I'm gonna tell you about it anyway. There's a, there's a scene where he's like this master swordsman and somebody's watching him spar and he's just smoking everybody and defeating everybody in these sword fights. And this man is just dumbfounded watching him. And he says, I've never seen anyone fight like you. You look like you are totally fearless. What is your secret? And he says, I have nothing to fear because I have nothing to lose. I was like, oh, that's it. That's actually what Jesus is telling us. When you are building everything based on getting more of this world, you have everything to lose. And now you are trapped in fear and slavery to a very cruel master, you. But when you follow me, when you follow Jesus and you have nothing to lose because you already know you're going to lose it all, then you are free. And for the first time, you can actually experience life under the care of the good master. And so Jesus finishes this passage and says, um, you, you just can't be half in on this. If you do not renounce everything, and that word renounce is just willing to give it up if Jesus asked you to. That's a good definition. If you're not willing to renounce everything, then you cannot be, be my disciple you will give yourself completely to a master. The only question is which one? And I can stand up here as a 40 year old man who's been following Jesus since college and and testify to the truth that um, it's worth it. That he has never let me go. He has always been faithful. Um, Everything that he's ever asked me to put down for him, everything that he's ever asked me to renounce has actually been a great gift, even if it was terrifying at the time and so many things that he's asked me to put down and I've refused to put down that he's had to pry my cold, dead hands off of for his sake has been a severe mercy and has been a tremendous blessing to me. I mean, look, look at this man. Look at the man, even if you know nothing else about Scripture, if you know nothing else about who Jesus is, just look at who he is in this passage. We can trust him. Look, I I don't need something from you. I'm I'm not like all these vampires in your life that are just trying to get something from you, trying to get likes and trying to get money and trying to get attention. I don't need that from you. I love you. I actually love you. And I'm here to serve you. I've left everything. Talk about renouncing. He is never going to call you and I into something that he is not willing to do first and to an infinitely deeper degree. I have left everything. I have left my Father in Heaven and perfect life in community in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to come to this broken world where things are sad and lost and hurting and dying. And you are already dead and my love is more powerful than death. So I came and I've come for you and I'm going to get everyone who is mine and I'm going to do it. It's going to cost me everything. It's going to cost me my life, my reputation. You know, when Jesus He had all these followers on this day, but on the day that he was nailed to the cross, all of his, even his closest followers, ran away. He looked like a total failure, looked like a total loser. And he was glad to be there because he knew what he was doing was what the Father called him to do, and he entrusted himself to the Father completely. But he's also glad to be there because he loved you and I so deeply. And he knew what was happening, he knew what this was accomplishing that we are stuck, we are dead apart from him. We, are, it, it, we might, in, in our best moments, might be able to faintly see that we are in desperate need of saving, but we cannot save ourselves. And this Jesus has gone to the cross all the way down into the deepest depths to empty himself, to give us life, to give us new life in him, to join us to him so that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead now is at work in us And is setting us free from all the things that are not life and is breaking the hold of all the masters that would destroy us that would promise life and give us death so that we could follow only him and if you think about like another mercy of this is that as we renounce everything we realize oh all of these relationships all of these things these are not my identity i you are my identity and and what greater freedom is there than my identity being rooted in the one who is life and who will never die and who will never change? As opposed to all these passing fads and who thinks I'm successful or who thinks I'm popular, or who wants to be near me and that's gonna change tomorrow like that. Oh, and by the way, this whole life is passing away. We're all gonna die. Remember that? Like if I'm sexy and beautiful today, I'm gonna get old and saggy and then I'm gonna die. So if we put our hope in those things, congratulations. It's a bad idea, bad idea. This Jesus is is the only one. If I could, you know I would let it go, (laughs) surrender. I'm wide awake, I'm not sleeping. But we can't let it go, and he has to. But what we do is we recognize because of his mercy to us to even open our eyes I desperately need a Savior, and you are that Savior. Would you please help me renounce everything and follow you, and would you lead me to life? Because I cannot lead myself there. And guess what? Even when we start following him, we are going to want to turn around. We are going to turn around, and he is going to turn us back around because he is so caring and so merciful. And it says, whoever comes to him, he will never cast them out. So if you are like me and you've been following Jesus for years and you still find yourself turning away from him, you don't ever have to fear that his love for you is going to change because he has deeply committed himself to you and his love for you will never change. And he calls us to come boldly to the throne of grace and we're going to get to do that physically, tangibly right now. But real freedom is not throwing off all authority, it's being under his authority And so this morning, as we get to come to this table, we get to celebrate, we get to physically say, um, I need you. I cannot do this on my own. I cannot feed myself. I cannot lead myself. I cannot break away from these addictions. I cannot break away from these other masters. You have to do that. And Jesus is saying, come to me, all of you, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, um, he, had, he celebrated the, the uh, Lord's Supper with his disciples, the Passover meal. And it says that he took bread and broke it. And he said, this is my body that's broken for you. You need to feed on me, feed on me and have life. And he poured out wine in the cup and said, this wine is the new covenant. It's my blood that's poured out for you. So now you don't have to fear sin and death and condemnation. I took all of that for you. When you drink this cup, you're drinking the cup of the wedding feast. You will be wedded to me forever, and you will join me in the deepest, truest, most beautiful life for all eternity. And so his invitation is to come and taste and see that he is good. Come and enjoy him and meet him in this meal. And again, this meal is for everyone. I don't care if this is your first time or your millionth time of taking this meal. If you are someone who says, I am a (laughs) sinner— I am in need of a Savior, and that Savior is only Jesus. He is the only one who can be my Savior. Then come, run up here, and boldly take of this meal, because He is yours, and He will never leave you. And so the way that we do that here is we have these kneelers. Uh, We're going to come. One thing I want to say today is um, please come, and let's do four to a kneeler, um, because we have a lot of folks in here. So... Let's just pack it in, and you can stay up here as long as you want. I just want to make sure we're getting enough people on the kneelers to go through. But when you come up, we'll serve you the elements when you're ready. You can put your hands out to let us know that you're ready. Um, But I'd encourage you, as you're either in your seat or up here at the kneelers, to take some time and specifically walk through your life and renounce these things and give them to Jesus. You know, I think there's power in actually practicing that. Jesus, I uh, give you my uh, shots fired. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> I give you my life. You know, if one of these guys wants to shoot me, that's great. Um, I give you my career. I give you my family. I give you my resources. I give you, you know, whatever it is my reputation, my time. Um, just walk through that with him and say, Would you please take them and lead me to life? So come up here when you're ready.